Hey everybody, happy election day. Today is November 3rd, so wherever you are, however you vote, if you choose not to vote, I hope that you're having a wonderful day. And yeah, I hope that joy comes to you, peace, love, all that good stuff. Um, Today I want to talk about overthinking. So I polled my people, my creative folk, to see what things they struggle with as creatives. And one of the things that a lot of them struggle with was overthinking. And to y'all, same. (laughs) I overthink everything. I think things have to be a lot harder than they really have to be in order to be good. And I honestly want to share my experiences and also some tips that I use in order to not overthink. The thing is, our brain is a beautiful, brilliant thing. Our brain is such a gift from God. Um, it's it's filled with all these ideas, all these problem-solving things. Um, and sometimes the problem with our brain is that we look for problems that don't exist. We look for problems that don't exist. So if you get a, an, a download or an idea or something, your first thought might be to, oh, let's think about this thing all the way through. So before you even really formulate the idea wholly, you're too busy looking for solutions to the idea. You're looking for on Google for solutions to problems that haven't already arise. And I get it because we want to be prepared. We want to know what's going to come. We know we want to know what's going to like uh, maybe get in our way or things that we need to prepare for. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with being prepared, but there is a thing of being overprepared. So on one hand, with overthinking, the thing that th- that can happen with overthinking is that you procrastinate. Overthinking is another form of procrastination. Why? Because while you're doing all this research, while you're studying all this stuff and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, well, what happens if you never really know what's really going to happen unless you really do it. So you're taking time away from actually creating the thing and figuring out what problems will arise on the way by thinking that you're preparing yourself in advance for things that can go wrong. And the problem with that is that we're never prepared. We're never prepared. Ask any parent, right? They can spend the whole nine months of their pregnancy or in an adoption phase or whatever, um, studying kids and how to take care of them and how like to know what they need and all this other stuff. And then they have the baby. And then all that stuff goes out the window because no one really knows what they're doing. That's the beauty of it. No one knows what they're doing. I understand wanting to be prepared. I get it. But I feel like we miss out on the opportunity to really learn on the fly when we feel like, when we feel like, um, we have to know everything in advance. And that's not what our art requires. That's not what our creations require. Our arts don't require us to know everything, to have all the answers. It just requires us to be there. And I feel like the sooner that we get that in our heads, the sooner that we can actually create art that we love and that we enjoy and that we're inspired by, you know? The knowing how comes from doing. The bravery comes from doing, not planning, not trying to figure out what's going to go wrong, not all this other stuff, not this prepping and planning, right? No, the doing brings the wisdom. It brings the how. It brings um, new problems that we're not even prepared for. You know, I, as we talk about the baby example, right? You have a baby and your baby might be colicky, meaning that their baby is crying a lot and and they're like inconsolable. Like there's nothing you can do to really like soothe that baby. You've read all the books on it. You fit, you know, you figured out, okay, well, when my baby comes, I'm going to do this. So they're fine. That baby just has a personality to be colicky. And there's nothing really that you can do about that except for continue to comfort that baby. But again, when you have your second baby, right, you'll be more prepared. You're like, oh, we've been through this before. It's fine. One thing overthinking does is not only allows you to procrastinate, but it also scares you into not doing anything at all. You know, when we do too much research, when we have too much knowledge, it really is to our detriment rather than our benefit. 
um, there's this joy and this wonder that comes with not knowing. Like when kids, they want to play, they want to build a house out of cardboard boxes. You're not going to tell them, hey, you need to build a good foundation and all this other stuff. No, they figure it out on the way, but they have so much fun doing it. And so they keep doing it. They keep doing it and they keep being inspired and they keep showing up. When we research too much, when we overthink too much, when we think about all the things that could go wrong, all the things that could go right. What if it's a success? We haven't moved an inch, but we're already overwhelmed by all this information. That's to our detriment. So for all my overthinkers out there, here's a few things that you can do in the future to stop you from overthinking before you even start. Start messy. Simply start. Start messy. Start knowing you're going to mess up. Start seeing the beauty in all the mess and all the chaos and confusion and just start. Like I said, the brain is a beautiful thing, but it can paralyze us into not doing anything at all. So would you rather be more knowledgeable about something or more experienced? We really have to make the the delineation between the two. I'd rather be more experienced. Book knowledge, I've learned this from school, books only do so much. It's really putting your hands to the plow that gets you the knowledge that you need to keep going, the wisdom, the applicable wisdom that you can apply to your everyday life, to the business, to the creates the creative venture, whatever the venture is, comes in the doing. So be okay with not having all the answers and starting messy. Be resilient enough to be able to take the blows as they come. Yes, things will fail. Yes, things will mess up. But the beautiful thing about you and your brilliant brain and your heart and your soul is you're resilient. You can take these hard things. You can do the hard things and learn along the way. And that is what makes a good artist. That's what makes a good teacher, a good leader, is really just taking that first step and being okay with not having the answers and taking the blows as they come and learning along the way. Now, I will say some things do require a little bit of research, but give yourself a limit. If you have to research something, give yourself maybe three days to research. And after that, you have to do. That way you're not stuck in this loop of taking in a lot of information and not putting anything out and that you're going to stop yourself from overthinking so much so that you prevent yourself from actually making the first move. Make a list of all the things that could go wrong. That's right. You heard me right. Make a list of all the things that could go wrong. So that we can actually see it on paper, we can actually see it for what it is, and actually understand that it's really not that serious. So for example, I want to sing, but I'm afraid. Okay, why am I afraid? Because I could go off key, I could forget my lyrics, I could fall and embarrass myself, all these things could happen. And then after you write down all the things that could go wrong, write down, okay, so what is the worst thing that could happen from those things happening? You know, if I fall, I'm embarrassed for like five minutes and I get back up. Okay. If I crack my note, I keep on singing. You know, if, if I forget my lyrics, you know, okay, then I just apologize to the audience and I keep it pushing. You're not going to die. We make things a lot bigger than they need to be. So sometimes writing down the worst that can happen is actually good for us because it'll actually, actually show us how silly these fears are. And it'll actually prevent us that that actually prevent us from from doing the things that we want to do. And we'll see that, oh, it's really not that bad if it goes bad. And also understanding that all that bad stuff that we write down is probably not going to happen anyway. On the flip side, write down everything that could go right. Our first reaction is always to go negative. It's like, oh, this is going to happen. It's going to be horrible, blah, blah, blah. But maybe we should write down the things that are going to go right. The things that could happen. If I go up there and sing, I could enjoy myself firstly, right? I could do something that I always thought I was too afraid to do. I could become more brave. I can touch someone's heart that I might not have ever met before in my life. Um, There are a lot of brilliant and beautiful things that can happen from us. I'm listening to me stumbling. But that can happen to us when we actually take the first step and just do the thing and stop overthinking it. 
And by writing down what could go right, we could also recognize our fears, the, the things that we're afraid of going right. You know, for me, for example, if I sing, then people are going to, then I'm going to be seen and people are going to expect me to sing all the time. So that really brings about a fear of being seen, of being successful. And then I can really get to the root of why that is, but I'll never get to that root if I never write it down on paper and recognize it myself. Take on new hobbies that you know you're not good at. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but honestly, follow me. When you do things that you know that you're not good at, your guard is usually down. It's usually like a meditative practice. It's something that doesn't require a lot of thought and energy, right? It's not a lot of energy put into, oh, I have to be good at this, right? When we do our hobbies, things that we're not good at, but also things that we're like, we do mindfully, like washing the dishes or knitting or something that requires little, little thought, then we have little time to really overthink about our processes, about our creativity, about the things that we want to do. So maybe for you, it might be dancing to music you love. It could be washing dishes. It could just be dancing in the middle of your floor for fun. Doing the fun things really takes our minds off of what we think we need to be perfect in. I think the thing that really gets in the way is perfectionism. I think our need for perfection really is detrimental to our creative process, to us taking chances, to us really facing our fears. Once we realize that we'll never be perfect, the pressure is off. Once we accept our best, the pressure is off. It's like when you're in class and you have a really hard class and um, you get that C and everybody else is like, girl, why are you so happy you have a C? It's like, you don't understand. I struggled for this C, right? And I did my best and I can live with this C because I know I did the best that I could. It's the same way with our art. If you show up with your best or if you just show up just to have fun, when we take the pressure off to be perfect, we can actually enjoy the process, number one, and also not beat ourselves up when it's not using air quotes perfect, because honestly, perfection doesn't even exist. And once we get that in our minds, in our skin, once we can breathe that and really believe that with every fiber in our being, we're more free to create and stop overthinking. Be grateful for the talents that you have. Be grateful for the opportunities that you have, because a lot of the things that you have, a lot of other people don't have. You know what I mean? Stop taking the joy away from you and your gift and from the gift that God gave you and from the gift of other people receiving your gift. People are waiting for you to show up, but because we overthink and we stop ourselves in our tracks, there are people who are not getting what they need. And I'm not trying to put that kind of pressure on you either, but sometimes just being authentically you is all that it takes. Not some wondrous, like huge feat, right? Just being yourself, showing up authentically. I use this podcast as an example. I'm not perfect at podcasting. I stumble over my words. Sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, does that even make sense? Girl, that's not even English, right? But showing up here, there are people who are inspired by what I, by what I have to say in my mistakes, in my messing up, in my just being authentically me. And so the world needs you to be authentically you. Stop overthinking it. You got the juice, sis. You got the juice, bro. Just show up and do the daggone thing. And I promise you the magic will show up with you. It'll show up when you actually get to doing, okay? So that's my podcast for today to really deal with overthinking because listen, I overthink too, but we're gonna get through this. We're gonna work through this. And until next episode, you guys keep creating, keep creating from joy and pleasure and love and excitement and keep playing, all right? Talk to y'all soon. Bye.